to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. My guest today is well known by me because of her books, but also she is well known because she is um, a very well known and highly awarded actress or was at one time. Um, She's turned her creative pursuits now to book writing and has just recently released her seventh book. Meg Tilly is probably best known for her, her golden globe winning lead performance in the movie Agnes of God, which was a stunning, stunning performance but now she wants to write romantic suspense and boy does she ever write it i am thrilled to welcome to authors on the air former actress and now highly acclaimed novelist meg tilly hi meg welcome Hi, Pam. thank you so much for having me on i'm i'm thrilled that you're here you know um it seems to me that um that you are just infused with all this creative stuff, and it doesn't surprise me at all that you went from acting to novel writing. Um, is yeah. there a correlation in in dialogue and style and reading uh, an actor's part versus writing for novels? Yes. I Yes, I think both. I think acting was very good training for becoming a novelist because – um, the training that I had, I, I studied with Peggy Fury at the Lost Studio before she passed mm-hmm. away, and she was an amazing teacher. But she insisted that when we worked on a piece, we would work on famous playwrights. We would not just read the scene that we're, we're doing, but you'd read the whole play, not just the whole play, but you'd try to read as much of the author's other plays as possible to see where the common themes are and stuff like that. So I... I I, I was going to say grew up, but in my acting, that was the way that I taught myself to work. So when I shot a film, I would memorize the whole script uh, so that I would know where the wow. pieces fit in. And so I think that that really affected when I became, when I started writing, it was sliding into that. The cool thing about writing that acting doesn't give you is in acting, you're a part of a puzzle piece, but you, you don't have control over the whole. So all you do is try to fill your character, get inside their skin, and create the person that the writer and the director see. So you're somebody else's voice, whereas in writing, it's your voice. So you get to create what happens, the world, um, climb inside the body of not just your character, but all the characters, which, again, playing different parts as an actor helps you be able to play, to get inside the mindset of, say, the antagonist or, you know, the guy or or the female lead or, you know, um, uh, somebody on the side. So it, it's 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 really fun. It's really fun. I do talk out loud when I write, which uh, surprised me That's when I discovered it. But uh, 
Yeah. No, but I it's think great. I the, for the rhythms of the rhythms of speech or the rhythms of yes. how it sounds. Yes. So I have a very specific idea in my head how these characters, you know, sound, what's funny to them, what isn't. Uh, that's why I love reading from my books, but uh, people don't do that as much as uh, as I, I thought. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting but you I say that do. because I think it's fascinating to hear uh, a writer read ex- right from their book because as a right. reader and as a voracious reader, I read about 400 books a year. So I am yeah. I'm crawling inside dialogue an awful lot. And sometimes yeah. – you know, with the plethora of, of of books out there and the choices we have, if something doesn't sound real to me, if I have a male character whose who's, who's words, his vocabulary, are typically not the alpha male that I'm right. used to hearing on all, I, uh-huh. I get turned off by that. So, And I have yeah. asked people, I ask a lot of authors, do you read your dialogue? And they say no, and I think... How do you know the rhythm and the timbre of it if you are not saying it out loud? So not that yeah. you have to, yeah. but to me, I was listening to Robert Cray's talk. He does, you know, the Joe Pike and Elvis uh, series. Uh-huh. And when he was reading it, it was so different than I had in my mind about the way I read it. Yeah. So, and that right. to me gives it authenticity. You know, I'm so glad uh-huh. that you do that. That's so fascinating. Now, uh-huh. you're, but I don't, you're I don't a, really like, I'm not like acting it out at, at the keyboard. Well, right. I do, I do all of a sudden hear voice, the voice, like I, I hear talking and I realize it's me. So it's more for the rhythm or like I'm yes. in the body of whoever I'm writing and what their thoughts are. So what they're saying and what they aren't saying and what they leave out. And you know what I mean? That's interesting to me. Yes. I think that's wonderful because even the little hitches in our dialogue, the words yeah. that we use or the um, colloquialisms are very, very important uh-huh. to character, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're writing, do you start with your character or do you start with your uh-huh. story idea? I I generally start with a character. I might have an idea about story or like oh maybe I want to put this in or that in, but I start I start I keep on going until I have a character's voice feels right. And so it takes me sometimes a bit longer than some other authors because I, I'm more of a feel my way. And if it doesn't feel right, I throw it out. So this book, this uh, Cliff's Edge, actually, I got to page 120 and it came time for Eve and the guy that I first started out with to, mm-hmm. you know, start heating it up a bit. And it, and it was, I was just like, oh, uh, yeah, no, ew. <laughs> He's my <laughs> brother, I think. Oh, I just couldn't get Whoop. them together. And I just was hitting this wall and I'm like, oh, no. And I just had to throw it out. And then I tried somebody else because I had a specific idea of who it was going to be. And it right, wasn't. Right. And then I tried another one. I got to page 60 and I'm like, honey, you, you're having the same problem. These two are not going to get it on. If they do, they won't last. And then all of a sudden I was like, feeling around and and um rice started talking to me and i was like oh my god an actor but it just felt right and i went from there and after that no problem so funny that's so funny um uh you know i'm so glad that you explained that um 
Now, you've written a bunch of different books in different yeah. subgenres. You've written your yeah. teenage, you've written, you know, a bunch of different books, mm-hmm. YA and so on. Yeah. Um, or is it your intention to try to feel your way around the different genres to, to give them a little bit of a spin? Or do you think you've mm-hmm. found where you want to be in romantic suspense right now? <laughs> I found where I want to be. So, okay, yeah. so my first two books, my first book was, was memoir. I just sold it as fiction because I, I wasn't a writer at that time. That was 29 okay. years ago. And I, I was just writing my memories, but I didn't want people to know that was me. My second mm-hmm. book was a really intense adult uh, book, you know, that was again, uh, steeped in my childhood, the two YA again. So the first four books, the one thing they had in common was that they all dealt with abuse of one kind Mm -hmm. or another. Um, And then I shifted, I was asked to write a couple middle grade books. And I thought, I just, I just, I, I'm proud of the books I wrote. I'm proud of being a voice for those who, who are going through similar challenges and, and don't have the voice to say, say it out loud, to stand Mm -hmm. tall and be brave and acknowledge my past. But I want, I want to, to move on, I want to write about happier things. Although I, I, I guess the villain in Cliff's Edge isn't so happy, but it has a happy ever after. So I think sure, sure. to writing a couple of middle grade books that were very, very, you know, cozy, cozy reads, a funny, mm-hmm. you know, where I'd go to the schools and the kids would be laughing and clutching their bellies. And it just felt so good from, you know, the heartache that I would experience when I talked about my other books. And then, then I segued into, then I segued into romantic suspense and, oh my, I feel like I have found my, my spot because all this time I'm writing all these challenging books and, you know, living my life, I'm, I'm devouring romance hand over fist. Like, yep. I just love reading romance. I love, okay, not just romantic suspense, you know, because everybody knows I'm a huge Dane Ancrens, Amanda Quick uh, slash right. Jane Castle fan. Um, but I, I also was reading uh, Recency. I was also reading the really? Edwardian. I was also reading it like it has historical. I love historical. I was reading just anything that had where I knew I was on a safe ride, that I knew I would start and then I would, I would, you know, it would end out okay. And I think it's because uh, in life, lots of times things don't end it out doesn't. okay. And right. it, it just, when you have free time and, you know, the world's getting you down, I'm going to grab something that I know is going to turn out well. It's going to be a roller coaster ride, but it's going to turn out well. It is interesting to me to note that, you know, when you decided to take this break from acting to focus on raising your kids, that's when you started writing. A lot of moms say, who are writers say, they wanted to, you know, be home for the kids. So writing was a really good alternative for them. And listen, you, Mm -hmm. you were in a slacker. You've got tons and tons and tons uh, excuse me if you hear my cat whining in the background. She, she <laughs> acts like I'm hanging her up from her hind, hind legs and starving her. <laughs> um, she just wants to be you, on your lap or on the computer. Yeah, she wants me to feed her or something. It's like you just oh. ate, you know? <laughs> 
So you've won tons of prizes, though, and awards. You've uh-huh. been, you're highly acclaimed uh-huh. for all of these books that you've written. Um, uh-huh. And you even sold screenplays. Um, so yes. you are, you know, you've kind of done it all. And I had forgotten that you started off your creative endeavors as a ballet dancer, did you not? That's right. I, I was uh, dancing in, I took a Greyhound bus when I graduated from high school to New York, and I got a full scholarship with Madame Darvash, who was a wonderful, wonderful ballet teacher. I then danced in the movie Fame and had a full scholarship with Melissa Hayden at her studio, and then I got dropped in potted de class and I fractured my back. And um, the doctors told me if I didn't want to be in a wheelchair by the time I was in my 30s, because where it was broken, a ballet puts a lot of stress on that particular spot, um, mm-hmm. that I would need to quit dance. So I, I, I didn't know what to do. And, um, and I, do, I, I just I couldn't imagine life without dance. But, you know, look, here I am many, many, many years later, very happy and have had a really interesting life. So what a blessing you have, even though it seems horrible at the time well you moved on to other creative endeavors so and and yeah. have been very successful at them so I let so me talk a, well you know I think we're lucky because you're writing these wonderful books let's talk about uh-huh. Cliff's Edge would you give the elevator okay. pitch please it's a long elevator ride so take your time <laughs> <laughs> elevator pitches are the things I suck at the most. Basically, it's um, it's so they they keep on writing these different ones. They they've written one because I wrote one. It was terrible, and um, so then I did that. But then it seems so long, and then somebody else said, "Oh, just say you know, it's a it's a." Uh, everything you want in a summer read. It's got the romance. It's got the, you know, murder and mayhem and a hot, hunky actor and a happy ending. So I say that, but that doesn't really tell you much about the book, but it's a good thing to say. And then there was another where, well, okay, basically Eve set to house sit um, and watch the bakery that her and her sister own while her sister's away on her honeymoon. And her sister's Maggie, who was in the first book. And, um, there's a slight wrench that's thrown into the works when Rice, is, who's a hot, hunky movie star, is an unexpected house guest. And so there, she's dealing with that, and a stalker has, shows up and has been trailing ever closer to Eve. And um, she has to fight for her survival, and she has to fight for her happy ever after. And I will give you a spoiler alert. Successful. <laughs> I have to tell you, so, I when I read, the, I'd been on one of those binge reads of romance, and you know, uh-huh. contemporary and humorous romance and everything. And I, and so when I got yeah. the Net Galley widget, I thought I got, I got to dig into Meg's book. You know, I started yeah. reading that thing. It scared the crap out of me, Meg. That's all there is to <laughs> it. <laughs> it. It was so suspenseful. You could have been writing thrillers for all I, you oh, know, dear. for all I care. It was really good. Oh. And oh, the reviews are I, showing so positive. Yeah, they're, your reviews oh. are very positive, and so congratulations on that. But you know, your your heroine you. Jane Ann Krentz has even blurbed you, and Mariah Stewart, who's yeah. wonderful, and Cat Martin, who I've yeah. known for years, fantastic. So oh. you're getting all of these great reviews, and I'm so happy for yeah. you. It does. They've seem been like so you... generous. Like the well, authors have been 
so incredibly generous. I feel so blessed. And I can't even tell you the thrill when there's authors that you've read your whole life. And yep, there, it's funny. I never got phased meeting famous actors, heads of state, you know, whatever. It's uh-huh. like, oh, hello, nice to meet you. Re- meeting my romance heroes. Oh my yep. gosh, you're having them read my book and say they love it. I can't even tell you the palpitations <laughs> and the dancing around the living room that went on. I mean, it's just amazing. And also, you know, like they didn't, they don't let you, it's like, I don't know, it's just very, very cool. As a fangirl, it's like there's nothing cooler. That's me. Are you kidding me? I get to go to all these conferences and, you know, I, I sit down with all my favorite authors and I get yeah. to chat with them and have them sign my books and they want to talk to yeah. me and I'm thinking, Jeez, you know, I'm this old broad who runs a talk show, and you know, but I love to read, and so I'm the biggest yeah. fangirl. I'm so glad to know you are, too, that um, oh, it's yeah. not quite as – I'm going to say, Meg Tilly's a fangirl, and so am I, and that's how I'm going to justify it from now on. <laughs> so and the obviously, only thing is it's untying my tongue when I'm, when I'm with them, because then you're like, hi. <laughs> you <feel> like <laughs> Do you want to have lunch? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You know, but yeah. but I guess I was born for the role because I'm a, a natural talker anyway. I'm not shy. So I guess, you know, Aww. this late-in-life career of mine is, is the way it's supposed to be. So you've been a lifelong Wonderful. reader. Um, do huh. you have any favorite books that you'll go back and read over and over every so oh. often? Yeah. There, it's, and it's more like – it's comforting because um, they they are remind me of a certain time. So even yes. when the books when the books have become perhaps for today's modern day, this is what you're supposed to do or not, doesn't matter right. to me because I find a comfort in in the stories. Um, so yeah, there are definitely ones that I go back. I I have I have so many books on my my kindle and in my bookshelf so i have a whole bunch that i saved so this is what happened before my eyes got too small to read the little print of the little book <laughs> is i would buy so many books that every time we moved which was a bit often because of my kids different schools and stuff like that we just donate like 20 30 40 book boxes of books to the library so the local oh library God. but that's wonderful now, i know like years after years after years of doing this but then um a lot of the libraries aren't taking a lot of the books anymore. They they can't take as many because their things are getting computers and there's books. So yes. I um yeah, so it's a it's a bit of a women's challenge. shelter. Then my, women's shelters, that's yes. where I donate Ooh, mine. What a good idea with the happy And also what a good and idea. You know what and else they I, take those because I donate a lot to women's yes. shelters, but it usually clothes and you know, furniture. Yes, and they stuff take like that, but books I didn't know they took and, books. Oh. oh yeah, and um, I also go to food banks because if people can't afford mm-hmm. food, they can't afford to buy books. So I just right. drop off armloads of paperback books. Oh wow! At, at food what shelters. What a good idea! Yeah. yeah, I donate money yeah. to them, but books is a good yeah. idea too. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and yeah, because you know, I mean, people—it's hard times for a lot of people. So um, yes, I and know. then if I, I get ch- if I get children's books, those go to my grandkids. So I don't hang on to those. <laughs> those go- my my daughter's a teacher, and so she takes 
uh-huh. every book I send over to her and, you know, takes it in the classroom. And then my grands get to go ahead and yeah. read them too, which is nice. They've, they've oh, nice. spent a lot of time teaching them to read. So that's a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. So, so Cliff's Edge uh-huh. is out. It just released last month. You're getting great reviews. Uh-huh. This is part, uh-huh. is this it's going fun. to be a series for you? Well, I did Solace Island, so that was, you know, Cliff said there's Maggie's sister right. who she owns a bakery with. Right. So Solace Island was Maggie's story. Cliff's Edge is Eve's story. They're standalone right. books, but right. but they all take place on Solace Island. And then right. the third book, Hidden Cove, comes out in the fall, in October, and that is going to be Zillia's story. And the readers of the first book will remember Zelia because she was buying baked goods from Luke, the the hero, one of the heroes, because right. um, Maggie's the other, in the first right. book at the farmer's market. And so, and she owns the art gallery, so she's in the third book. And then wonderful, I'll move probably to some other locale. Yeah, I, I really, really, really enjoyed writing these. Oh, but I, I, I didn't mean to scare you to death. <laughs> Well, I'd no, I mean, happy. it's a good thing. No, no, it's, a, it's yeah. a good thing when there's that much suspense in a book. Um, and I knew that there would be an HEA because there always is in romantic suspense. But still, you know, it was it was very so well plotted and and the, the narrative oh. was just excellent. So, um, oh. you know, I'm, I have a, a wealth of riches in that I get to read a lot of different books that are, that are sent to me for interview consideration. Very rarely do I find one that is so compelling that I immediately Uh have to please say, please come on the show and talk to me about this. How did this Uh happen? How did, you know, how'd you get so dark Uh and deep there? So it was wonderful. Meg. It really was. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 yeah, and that's so a scary you, yeah, thing. You write, you write what you know, but but that's okay because then you're like, it's interesting to get in in the mind. It's kind of fun because it's like you know how they have that the Tai Chi symbol where it's part yes. light, all light with yes. the dark, and then the all dark with the light oh. little tadpoles. It's kind the of y- like that. The yin and yang. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so as a writer, you get to dive into all these different sides and aspects. My acting teacher, Peggy, used to say um, that you have everybody and the capability for anything inside you. So lots of times if there was a part that I thought, oh, I could never play that, that's the part you wanted to play. Like Agnes of God, I thought this, this nun kills her baby. Like what's that? But then when you dive into her skin and you understand that she is trying to help her baby to God so her baby won't have a bad life and won't, you know, right. go through challenges. You know, it's just you have to get in the mindset of that particular person. And, and you know, she was about love, really, even though things had happened to her. So it's like, each, yeah. it, it's interesting. It's really fun to get into the different parts. Different I'm parts so glad. It's so wonderful to see you finding this this new career for yourself. Um, your children are grown now, and um, yeah. are, are are they still at home, or it's just you and your husband now? No, no. Yeah, it's just me and my husband. Um, my son, his wife, and our two grandchildren live close by, and I visit wonderful. my daughter who lives in California, and then my other son's getting married, and he's in London, England. So that's a bit longer of a journey, but they visit us and we visit them. And, you know, I'm so happy he found somebody that he loves, even though it's on the other side of the world. Um, 
and, wow. and his dad's over there and his dad's family. So that's nice. That's wonderful. I'm so glad. Yeah. Are you happy now? Are you content, are you in a content place? Yeah. That's I great. Am, I feel like I've had the most blessed life that a person could have. And I know people look at my, you know, things that have happened to me and be like, how is that possible? But really, each thing that happened that was a challenge maybe gave me insight for my writing or for my acting or or compassion for other people going through yes. challenging times so that, that that judgment that sometimes people have if somebody escapes from somebody who's a terrible person, you know, I, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be silenced and I know what it's like to finally speak out and I know what it's like to be in love and I know, you know, I just, I feel so blessed, you know, because I was hungry a lot growing up. Now that I'm able to go to the grocery store and buy delicious foods, it feels like a big blessing every single time I go into a grocery store. So I think doing without or having challenges makes you ever so much more grateful for all the blessings and beauty in one's life and makes one more resilient when another challenge hits because challenges hit people all the time. All the time. But you think sure. I, it's just that that dealing with challenge muscle has been developed, and so it doesn't knock me to the ground. And um, it's interesting. Kind of find a way to find the positive in, in everything, really, you know, which is important. It's so interesting. It's, you know, a couple of things strike me. One, because of your various experiences and because of your creative self, I think that you have developed a lot of empathy. And that, to me, is mm-hmm. one of the big importance of books, of reading, because it takes you mm-hmm. to a place where you discover new characters and challenges and you mm-hmm. see people overcoming and you become empathetic to them. That's why I like traveling so yeah. much because you learn so much. Yeah. The other thing is, is um, <clears throat> I mentioned to you in the green room that I was a victim advocate. And one of the oh. interesting things, a measure of, of how well we knew someone would heal from domestic violence, sexual assault, any of those mm-hmm. things was how they had faced challenges prior to that particular mm-hmm. trauma. Yeah. How did they overcome trauma? Mm-hmm. What was their support system? Were they able yeah. to move themselves to survivorhood and so on? So I, I see mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying, and, and I agree with you. Yeah. That is important. If you didn't have the challenges growing up, how would you know how to handle it as an adult if you have nothing to fall yeah. back on? You know, if you have – and yeah. Well, I was going to say, Go and how would I know what to look out for? How yes. I, that the childhood I went through gave me this kind of radar so that if my children were near someone who was a challenge, that I would just know and they would be out of there. You know, it, it, it really helped me keep my children safe because that was so fi- highly tuned because I, I knew, I, you know, you just get a – visceral knowledge um sure know what to steer clear of so it, it's, a, it's at a cellular level too it's at a cellular yeah. level uh-huh. you know you when Absolutely. when you just you have i think a lot of people underestimate their intuition their gut instinct mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that gut instinct is born of of overcoming yeah these little things yeah, and recognizing. So mm-hmm. Meg Kelly, I just love you. I'm so glad you came on Aww. my show. This has been <laughs> so much fun. Me, Pam. I, thank you. Will you come back when the next book releases? 
I would love to. I would be honored to. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to invite Heather to come and be your guest host. How would that be? I would love that. She's so wonderful. She is fabulous. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Tell everyone where they can find you in social media, even though you're not a real big social media gal. You are on Instagram and Twitter, correct? Yes. That's right. And I have a bigchillyauthor.com thing if people want my newsletter or whatever. Meg, you're the best. Thank you for being here. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you again. I'm gonna, I'll be in touch, okay? And, and we'll wonderful. set something up when the new book comes out. Thank you again, Meg Tilly. Wonderful. Have a great Thank day. You. You're so welcome. Thanks, and listeners, that's my show for right now. I'm glad you were with me. Thank you so much. And thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.